Hey guys, I'm Caroline. And I'm John. And welcome to our podcast, There's a She-Wolf in Your Classics, a discussion of animal exploitation in ancient Greece and Rome. We hope you guys enjoy our podcast and that it gets you to think a little bit more about our relationship with animals, both in the ancient world and today. So in the ancient world, man didn't seek to live symbiotically with nature. Dominance was the name of the game, and we could see this in a lot of the artifacts that they found. Uh, one artifact that's particularly interesting was excavated from ancient, ancient Antioch, which is in modern-day Turkey. It's from the 6th century AD, uh, and it's a hunt mosaic, and you can currently find it in the Worcester Art Museum. Yeah, listeners, uh, look it up online. It is truly fantastic. Exactly. It's it's. Quite a work of art. It's a it's a mosaic, so it's a wonderfully ornate tiled floor. This would be on someone's dining room floor, um, and they would wake up and, and eat over this every morning. And it's particularly disturbing, in my opinion, because it's it depicts uh, sort of the the kings or the, the strongest animals of the animal kingdom, such as lions, leopards, bears, wolves, gazelle, and they're being slaughtered by. Uh, by men with um, bow and arrows and, and spears and whatever they could find. And it's bloody, it's gory. Um, and like I said, it's particularly disturbing, not something I'd want to wake up to. The ancient the ancient Greeks, they didn't see it like this. It was more of a display of their power, of their dominance, and of their social standing. And in a sense, we have similar representations like this today. Um, while it may not be as... Uh, as ornate or as orchestrated as the mosaic, it's definitely more authentic. We see many in many households today. We see people with deer heads mounted on their ceilings. I've, I know a couple people with those. It's very interesting. Do you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, did was there any comments made about it, or was it just? Um, I just well, one of them was staring at me while I was eating dinner, and I gotta <laughs> I gotta say I was um, it was an interesting evening really. Was. Yeah. So I guess my point on this is that. Um, it's a display of man's dominance over nature. This this beast, this deer, was killed by a man, and it's here for everyone to see. And whether they think they're they're showing this this dominance over nature or not, it's definitely subliminally there. The fact that they would display it for everyone to mm. see. You know, yeah, you're right. Um, the person who I had uh, that very interesting dinner with was had I believe he had shot the deer himself, and he kept talking about how proud he was, and he had this. Just little look on him that was like I'm better than other animals, and it was um, it's it's right. It's definitely a tendency that we've had for a long time. Yeah, now. so that definitely. that thread definitely still remains mm-hmm. today. Oh yeah, and and continuing with this theme of man dominating and exploiting animals for their own pleasure, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention and and stupid, quite frankly, if I didn't <laughs> mention the uh, the beast hunts that took place in the Colosseum and other amphitheaters around um, ancient Rome. So they also, another name for the beast hunts were uh, Venationes. Is that Mm -hmm. correct, Caroline? I believe that that's how you pronounce it, yes. Okay. Um, Yes, so these Venationes would take place all throughout the empire. They would take uh, animals, particularly from Africa, and and bring them over to... uh, to Rome and other amphitheaters around the empire, and uh, people would come to the amphitheaters and watch gladiators, prisoners, or debtors go to war and and try and fight these animals to the death. And this was this was like a sporting event. I mean, people would come 
and spend the day in the Coliseum, and it would be free too. Mm-hmm. And just um, watch, just watch these animals get murdered for free, and people, people really enjoyed them. They really did. Um, a similar thing that takes place today, although it's not for free. I, I was looking online. You could actually schedule. Uh, like for a vacation, I guess, or an excursion to places like South Africa and Zimbabwe, and you could go on hunts for big game. And this what? is yeah, this is online. I could schedule it right now if oh I want to. God. Of course, I need the money, but it's there. Um, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so just some food for thought. <laughs> you know, actually, just continuing along with this idea of anaciones, while people today are kind of doing the same thing with those uh, animal hunts in, in Africa, and while people in ancient Rome really enjoyed watching these animals get brutally slaughtered, there was actually just a, a little bit of controversy surrounding these events, even in ancient times, and of course today. Well, so, it's with a particular case, though. With a particular case, but I, I think that there's kind of a hint of it in other places, because it... Well, we're just using one isolated example, I think, and again, while it's not as prevalent today, there was some controversy in Yeah, and if they felt it. this passionately about this case, it probably well, spilled over into others. The case that we're referring to before we kind of continue discussing is, um, it's found in Cicero's letter to friends, 713, and the quote is, The last day was for the elephants. The mob showed much astonishment at them, but no enjoyment. There was even an impulse of compassion, a feeling that the monsters shared something in common with the human race. So basically here, elephants have been brought in to the arena and are being brutally slaughtered in front of people, and people are really angry about it because they see this kind of connection with the animals, this feeling of uh, compassion towards nature, and they get really angry when these animals are killed. And we see something really similar today. I don't know if any of you listeners out there have seen Blackfish, but I'm sure you've heard of it. It's I docu- haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? No. All right. So just a bit of background for people. Who, if you're like John, you haven't seen it. Um, it's surrounding a lot of controversies at SeaWorld uh, with the orca whales. And it was largely sparked by the events of, I believe it was February 24th, 2010, uh, when a trainer at SeaWorld was killed by one of the orcas named Tequilum. And what happened was people started investigating this because SeaWorld started blaming the trainers. And what happens is they took these beautiful animals like Tequilum from the ocean as babies and put them in these tanks that were really just too small. And they trained them and for years and years and they developed this kind of psychosis. Yeah. And to go from an ocean to a tank, I mean, is quite exactly a big change. And you see the same thing in the ancient world, especially with the Venationes. What they did was they they took they sourced animals from North Africa, brought them into cages, and then stuck them in an arena, which is crazy. And so people today are just as up in arms about this as the ancient ones were in a small situation with the elephants. And again, people are definitely more on top of this today. People are more angry about this today, but we still see the same kind of hints of real anger when people do crazy and abusive things like this. Um, Something else that we do, and this is a big issue with the sourcing of animals um, in ancient Rome, is we see a lot of extinction, a really significant amount. And when John and I began researching this, we had no idea yeah. how how bad it got. 
So according to Hughes, who wrote this wonderful book called Environmental Problems of the Greeks and Romans. Check it out. It's really fantastic. This is in chapter 8, I believe. So leopards and hyenas went extinct from Asia Greece, and different animals actually became limited to mountains. And arena sourcing actually cleared out the larger mammals, reptiles, and birds from a lot of areas. Hunting grounds in North Africa were actually virtually exhausted. Elephants and rhinoceros and zebras... And the elephants were killed for ivory trade and warfare. I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg, guys. It really, it really, really, really cleared out a lot of yeah. species. And it really affected animal life in a lot of areas of the world because the Roman Empire was huge. Now, we see a lot of the same things today. Not the direct results of hunting, or largely the direct results of hunting, but... There's a myriad see, of other factors. There's a lot of other factors, right. And that'll go into really everything. But these days, we see a lot of animal species being really affected by global warming. And John, I don't know if, I don't know if you knew this, but there's a few species that'll naturally go extinct every year. But because of global warming, we actually have hundreds, I believe hundreds of That's species insane. that go extinct every year as a direct result of man's abuse of nature in general. And if we look at all this stuff, this kind of abuse, this compassion, this um, kind of showing off that we see in the mosaics. We see this real love-hate relationship with animals that we've had since the ancient times. Um, and it almost seems like people kind of rally around animals, but at the same time, they don't really care about them either. It seems like, it seems like men, man, humans, humans want to assert themselves over nature, over animals, but then once they take it too far... Um, mm -hmm. They feel simply like in the case of the elephants mm -hmm. or, or the case of SeaWorld. So the question is, how long can this abusive cycle be sustained? And guys, this really is a million dollar question and we can't really answer this fully. So, but, but what we can do is turn to some pieces of classical literature such as Ovid's Metamorphoses and Homer's Iliad as a starting block. Yep. So both of these... These works definitely give us some insight into this question, and it's the answer, I think, is, is not too bright if we continue to act in this way towards animals and nature. Outcome is not, it's not looking so good, guys. Exactly. Um, so, I'll start off with Ovid. So, Ovid was a Roman poet. He was writing during the first century BC, and he wrote uh, the Metamorphoses, which is a collection of poems about... Um, man getting being transformed in, in various ways. So one of the poems, Acteon, starts off with a, a hunter and he's he's in a mountainous region and it says it says picture a mountain stained with the carnage of hounded beasts. So this man is out on a hunt and uh, he has left carnage. Uh, he is he has stained the mountain. He has disrupted the purity of it. Uh, so when man comes into contact with nature and animals, they exploit it. And we see though that this is unsustainable because there's a ring cycle, this relationship between man and animals and nature. Yeah, so he starts off that with, with this ring cycle basically means that he starts off kind of exploiting nature and He's a hunter. He's a hunter, right. And then he yeah. goes in and he sees the goddess Diana naked and that kind of symbolizes his intrusion, man's intrusion, on the purity of nature, and then he becomes an animal and is hunted himself. So it kind of does a flip around 360. Exactly. He's he's turned, he's transformed into a deer and he's killed 
by by his hounds, his dog. His own beast. Yeah, yeah. by his own beast. Uh, so again, um, if we continue to dominate nature and animals like this, will it will it eventually dominate us and take over? Yeah. Um, and we also see this in the Iliad. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, the Iliad it was composed orally and it was eventually put together, written down, but orally we think around the the eighth century. BC. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, the, the, the Iliad, uh, just really briefly, because this is a huge, huge, huge work, really beautiful. It's just it's about the Trojan War, and the part that we're going to be explaining comes at the end. Yeah, sort of the climax of the of the work of the epic. Um, yeah. Of the epic. yeah. So we have we have Achilles, um, who is a who is. A hero on the Achaean side of the battle and Hector, who is a Trojan. Trojan prince. Exactly. So these are the two best fighters on each side, and this is the climax of the bat of the war, and it's these two uh one on one. Um and Achilles is about to uh to kill Hector, and Hector wants to ensure that he has a proper burial, but um Achilles is so hell bent on on making sure that doesn't happen. Uh, just briefly, guys, uh, proper burial, in case any of you guys don't know, is very important to these people. Very exactly. important because it allows them safe passage into the next life. And not having that is very... Is not, it's not good. No, it's um, not, because then, then they don't get a peaceful death. Exactly. So Achilles is so hell-bent on ensuring that this doesn't happen for Hector that he, he says... Would to God my rage, my fury drive me now to hack your flesh away and eat you raw. So he, Achilles is almost um, taking on animalistic qualities himself. He's, he's saying he'll eat Hector if he has to to ensure that he doesn't receive a proper burial. So again, he's sort of transforming also in the way that, that Acteon transformed. Um, and again, it's this idea that if you continue to exploit nature and animals, that it will eventually come back to bite you and take over you. And again, how is Achilles exploiting nature and animals? I mean, they're in war. Destruction is rampant. So really, what we're trying to say here, uh, these classical pieces of literature continue this idea that we've been talking about, the exploitation of nature, man's huge role in that as the kind of catalyst of all these really terrible events. And what we're asking you all to think about, and something that we've been thinking a lot about ourselves, is how are we today in the modern world doing the exact same thing? Again, we looked at blackfish, we looked at those deer heads that prove that we're still kind of proud of this exploitation. Safari hunts. Safari hunts. So the the million-dollar question becomes how and why are we doing this today, and what can we do to change that what what is it in us that that drives this so we'd love all of you to think about that after this podcast even if it's not too seriously even if it's just a passing thought just yeah just think about it and there's no correct answer obviously but if we could just start the discussion on it yeah it'd be worthwhile the most important part of any change is the dialogue which precedes it so thank you all for listening And uh, we hope you guys have a great and thoughtful rest of your day. Thanks, guys. Thank you.